watching. Me? Yeah. Oh, I had Fox News on. Turn that piece of shit off. <laughs> although, although, morning side, it's not so bad. Morning side, they actually do news at Fox. It's evening where it's all fucking right wing bullshit. I was watching HNO, their morning news, just, I mean, because that what's, fucking girl, rock, she's so fucking hot, but. What's HNO? But the, headline news. Like they, they only, it's called headline news or headline net. I don't know what the hell it is, but, but uh, um, they only have like the morning news and then the rest of the day they do like first 48 and forensic files and shit like that. But they got Robin Mead is their morning host. She's fucking incredible. I, uh, I, I used to be hooked on that, uh, investigation discovery channel. ID. Yeah. Like that shit. Murder porn. You bet. You bet. All right, you ready? Let's do it. All right, hit the open. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and R. Thanks, MSG, and hello, ladies and gaijin, and welcome to the Hitting the Marks podcast. I'm the aforementioned Jargo. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. He's the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the B. Richard Krauss and Vickery, they ready to go again. Hey, another glorious Taco Tuesday, but as we sit down to record this one, it's still bright. It's early in the day here. Uh, I've already been hitting the RBV Fitness, but I might have made a mistake. Leftover Taco Bell, maybe not the best choice to, to get your Taco Tuesday going. Yeah, consider that a tease for uh, segment two, ladies and gentlemen, when we get into RBV Fitness. Uh, I guess right off the top, I want to go ahead and say, it, last week we had teased that we were going to have Stevie Richards on the show with us this week. Um, unfortunately, that is not the case. The recording schedule got a little bit screwed up. Stevie had some new weights being delivered for Stevie Richards Fitness. So we're, we're, we're going to kind of work with it. So today is going to be more of a shoot than it normally is. I do have some topics here, but you know, I, 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 what I really want to talk about today is the weekend update. The weekend update. What happened in my world this weekend? What happened in your world this weekend, Huckleberry? And I'll go ahead and start because I'm way more boring than you are. I have had several people ask me, where is Destino? Where is the power struggle review? And I'm going to pull back the curtain for you and and let you all in on a little bit of a secret. Dr. Ted watched the wrong show. 
That's what happened. That's why Destino is delayed. Um, of course, Man Beast was, he was supposed to sit down and do the Power Struggle review with me. It turns out he sat down and watched one of the Road 2 Power Struggle shows. So I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm hyping it up, man. And it was like, yeah, this was a pretty good show. You know, it's it's not like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. It's not Dominion. But, you know, it's one of the more minor shows. It's kind of like the Great American Bash, you know, for, for WWE. And he's like, wow, really? Okay. And so then we find, we talked for like 20 minutes, man. We're going over commentary, presentation, video packages. And then we actually sat down to like start talking about the matches. And I was like, all right, so the first match, Yano versus Zack Sabre Jr. And he's like, wait a minute. I've, I've got kid. Is there a kid somewhere? And I was like, Gabriel kid? He, he's one of the young lions. And he's like, yeah, he was wrestling some, some Japanese guy with curly hair. Go figure. And I was like, oh, that's that's Yoda Suji, clearly. Oh, shit, you watched the wrong show, dude. So, yeah, he, Dr. Mampies just sat through a bunch of six-man tags. Thought that's what we were going to review and thought that was going to be the big show. I was like, no, dude, you watched, like, the Sunday Night Heat two weeks before the pay-per-view. That's basically what he ended up watching. I feel so bad for the guy, but it is pretty goddamn funny. Well, as you said, you know, so many people out there, where's Destino? Where's Destino? Obviously, this was going to be this was a hot listen. People, you know, were interested what the good doctor had to say that that first big, you know, just deep dive into New Japan for Ted. I was really looking forward to it. And then when he had told me what had happened here and it was just like, you know, just complete, complete shock disbelief but ted really enjoyed the show didn't he yeah he, he loved that young lions match that was his favorite match on the show i'm telling you man this crop of young lions is actually pretty good i really like me some gabriel kid uh yoda suji i want to see get punched in the face and uh uamura I, I i look at uamura and i i can't help but think wow that guy could be the next kazuchika okada i'm i'm that high on this guy uh absolutely uh, again so when, when is the scheduled release here? I mean, when are you guys going to sit down and try this thing again? Uh, it, it's still up for debate. Uh, it's still up for I'm very well may end up doing the power struggle review all by myself. And uh, if that is the case, we'll try to get Beast on to do like a, a best of Super Juniors final, World Tag League final. Something that's, you know, not like a major show, but something to get his feet wet, see what he thinks of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just could not believe he ended up watching the wrong show. It was so goddamn funny. What, what I would kind of like to see is maybe you guys do like a series of segments where he can go in and watch a little bit from a couple of shows and then come to you as a complete novice asking those questions, you know, as, as I used to regularly do with you when you were kind of breaking me into the Japanese scene there where I try to be the, the voice of the people that are just getting started because it is a lot to digest when you're first getting in there. It's intimidating starting to watch any new promotion, man. I, I, it doesn't matter what the promotion is. When I first started watching Stardom, I was scared to death. I was like, I'm never going to remember who all these girls are and what team they're on and all this. But I, I figured it out. You know, pro wrestling is one of those things. If you know how it works, you can figure it out. Absolutely. And, it's, and you know, it, which makes it so unique and so different in the world of professional wrestling. There isn't just like a season that you go back to. You know, for a lot of these promotions, it, it's so deep in the history and to really understand, you know, why things, especially in Japan, where the booking is so far out, where you might have something in the works for five years right. before you really get a solid payoff with it. You know, how do you, you know, how do you consume all that information? You know, without, and as you said, there's 
and the whole dynamic is, if, you know, if all you've ever seen, especially if it's just, you know, Western wrestling and how different the two work, uh, you're right, Jared, right? I mean, it, could be, it could be a little overwhelming and, and honestly just scary at times. Yeah, it, it's definitely a bit intimidating, especially when Minoru Suzuki is in the ring against Shingo Takagi. My God, those two guys. But really, the only other thing that I, I did two other things over the course of this weekend, Huckleberry. I started playing NBA 2K21 on the PlayStation 4. I finally busted out my Kobe Bryant edition and started playing through it. You start in freaking high school in the My Career mode this year. So I've played all the way through high school, and I'm currently playing for the UConn Huskies and uh, trying to improve my draft stock. These games, man, they get so in-depth when it comes to the My Career mode. But otherwise, it's basically the same freaking game every year. I don't know why I keep falling for this every year. Well, it's just you had those little wrinkles. You I mean it can only evolve and advance so much from year to year, right? Uh, it, it, to me, you know, I regularly follow. I, I, I stay up to what you've got going on. That's what's so incredible to me about these games is is not the action on the floor, the game presentation, but how involved it is has become like in the the business aspect of that pro athlete, uh, you know, dealing with your agents, you know, you were telling me the other day that, you, you know, you get tweets from other players in the leagues about, you you know, switching, switching teams, coming over to play with them. And that's the aspect that I've always found intriguing, you know, even going back to, oh, heck, you know, I'm not a major gamer, but you know, the last up to date system that I bought was a PS one. And that's how far the loop I am. But the Madden games back then is what I really enjoyed. And I never played a single a single down of football. It was all I enjoyed, the general manager mode. You, you would love the franchise mode on, on this game, the GM mode, if you want to call it that. Because now, like we have talked before when I was playing 2K20 about, you know, the relationships with different players and the team chemistry and how you act inside the locker room and whatnot. Well, in the franchise mode, as the general manager, you've got to make friends with the owner. You've got to set aside time so that you can go and meet with star players and hear their needs. And do I want their input about the players that we should be bringing in? What do you think our team needs are? And it's like, what kind of a GM do you want to be? And if you suck, you get fired and the game is over. Yeah, see, to me, that's that would be the fun aspect of it. That's where the intrigue would lie for someone like myself. Hey, while we're on the topic of video games, so it's you know a little related to the world of professional wrestling. We got the uh, some screenshots from AEW's potential first game. Yeah, is they team up with is it Ukes that they're with? Yeah, and Ukes did the WWE games forever, which I Absolutely. think is is part of the concern that a lot of people have. Well, immediately, you know, a lot of people you heard that rumbling when the Ukes and WWE deal kind of fell apart after, I mean, how many years together? I mean, two decades or something along yeah, those lines. it was ridiculous. And, you know, the habit just suddenly just kind of fall apart. And immediately people were talking about, all right, this is an opportunity for AEW to jump on board with them. Ukes, you know, highly acclaimed in what they bring to the table. I guess like, these last couple WWE games have really fallen short of hitting their mark. Uh, people seem to be quite disappointed in them. I'm seeing mixed feelings about, you know, this potential, these early shots that we're seeing from AEW. To me, it looks like a much more arcade style game, which yeah. to me is more fun. Right. You know, a video game should be a video game. I was actually going to ask you which you preferred, the, the, the more cartoonish graphics like they're going with or more like photorealism? I prefer more of the kind of the outlandish over the top. 
Uh, take me into another, another, you know, I won't say reality, but another world. Let's, let's have fun completely different. You know, if, if I just want to actually just, you know, watch a, a, a reality based kind of presentation on screen, I'll just watch the damn show. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. I guess my only thing was, and, and I think what a lot of people are, are losing in this, this is like early beta testing stuff that we are seeing. This, the, the, the finished product is not going to look like this. But the, the one image that kind of stood out to me was really all the guys, their pecs were freaking huge. It was uh, like, I was going to say even, you know, the, the late, the few ladies that have been there, uh, they, they were very kind when it came to the gimmicks. Yeah. I mean, it just absolutely. They, everybody looks like triple H when he came back from injury. You know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous how like buff everybody looks. Maybe they got like a power up mode in there. You know, because AEW guys are huge, uh, dragon, dragon ball marks. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, sadly. That really would not surprise me. Well, and, and kind of staying in the world of video games, the other thing that I did this weekend, Huckleberry, was I tried to buy a PlayStation 5. It you and the rest of the world. It didn't work so well for me. Of course, I am like so antisocial at this point that if the Target right down the street had one, I probably wouldn't go buy it because I would have to deal with people. But if they have it on their website and I can have it delivered to me, then I would buy one. Where are you at with the whole online shopping? Do you still enjoy going to the store? Because people just piss me off, man. People, especially at Walmart, where they've got all those fucking self-checkout lanes and they've only got like four goddamn cashiers working. If I wanted to bag my own fucking groceries, I'd go to goddamn Aldi's. The like discount store where you get a discount for bagging your own fucking groceries. Like nah, this shit just I, drives me insane, dude. I, I, I'm a completely against you on this one. If, if I had to go into the store, you know, just yesterday I had to go get a new phone charger, uh, and immediately I, I bypass. There was open, there were open registers with people working them. I bypassed those. Actually, waited in a short, a little bit of a line to get to the self checkout uh, because I just. I've grown so intolerable of the employee there. Well, wait, now. I just want to get myself in and out on my own merit. When you say self-checkout, are you talking 10 items or less? Or, I, I mean, I'm talking like when you go in there to get groceries and you're walking out with $300 worth of food, they still want you to bag your own shit at our Walmart. Uh, you're, you're a family of four. See, when I go to the grocery store, my, when I eat, I can grocery shop for two weeks for under $100. Oh, you motherfucker. Yes. God, so I, I wish. It, I, I'm good with it, too. And I go and I, I research. I'm one of those. I'm like, uh, you know, that old lady. I'm not, not so much clipping coupons, but I'm making sure what are their deals? What do they got going on? What's what's in the store? Oh, see, I'm, I don't I'm have like, time boom, for that. I'm right where I'm at. I, I can go in and out, get everything done within 20 minutes. Well, I, I'm, I can get everything done in 20 minutes except check out because I got to fucking stand there for like four years in order to get through the goddamn checkout line. And it's even worse now with social distancing because all the lines look like they're six times longer than what they actually are. Then when I finally get up there, the lady's got to like sanitize the whole conveyor belt and all this shit. I, just, I get so aggravated going to the grocery store. Like this is the reason that people go postal. Well, and I have become more fond of too, where the, the click list where you go on and just pre-order it. Uh, then you can have it available for pickup. You can have it delivered. I keep trying to talk Carly into that and she won't do it. It, 
it, it, it is a little bit well, it is a little bit of, of a headache at times uh, because of the windows, like when it's available or when they can drop it off. You know, it's not the ease of, hey, today's grocery day. Let's go get our stuff. You guys have that routine. I believe Saturday is usually your day. Yeah, we, we uh, go to the grocery store once a week and like we're the kind of family that like, OK, I ate like the last bowl of cottage cheese. So I go to the kitchen and I write down on the list that we need cottage cheese. And come Saturday, we go to the store. We get exactly what's on the list. Like we'll split into groups, right? Like I, I go this way. Carly goes that way. We, we each get our shit from our side of the grocery list. And then we kind of meet back in the middle and we try to get the fuck out of there. Okay. Now, the, the issue with that is you have to plan days ahead. Uh, if you submit that list, let's say on a Saturday, that might not be available for you until Tuesday or Wednesday. So, and that's where it comes in handy to have the smaller, you know, if you want to do a convenience store or, you know, here, the our major chain is Kroger. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know I'm those, familiar. Okay. If you have those, and I know that you have Giant Eagles spread out throughout the country. There's all sorts. Everyone kind of have, you had Food Lion, every region kind of has their big chain. Now, what you want is, you know, if that's nice, is a place you could just run into for smaller items. You know, if you just need uh, a half pound of lunch meat of some type or cheese or something or milk, you know, that's not the, not necessarily the, the quickie mart, the convenience store, but just like a smaller chain. So it uses those quite a bit. Man, I miss those days. I miss those days when but I yes, But all around, like you know, just outside of the food, the food's a little different when you're ordering online. But, but outside of that, you know, when it comes to, to clothing, uh, tech equipment. Uh, I'm all I'm all for the online. I actually was very, very shocked why there there was a tremendous rise, a significant increase in those sales. I thought it would have been much greater during you know, especially right in the heart of the COVID. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, really, the only thing that I have to buy in person that I will like go out of my way to buy in person is musical equipment. And now it sounds like Guitar Center is filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And that really kind of worries me as to where the world of music is going to go over the course of the next 10 years. Because, you know, if you're just buying like a starter guitar, like you've never played guitar before and you just want like, you know, that that basic beginner strat. Yeah, go ahead. Order that shit online. But if you're going to buy like a $3,000 Les Paul where everyone is made by hand and they all play just a little bit different. There is no chance in hell. I'm ordering a nice guitar or a nice drum set or a nice bass amp off the fucking internet. I'm just not doing it. Well, you hear, you know, so, all right, so this could be a perfect opportunity for the mom pop shops to return in that genre. And you're absolutely going to need your music shops. So if you lose the big corporate, you know, I don't say the bully, but the big dog, uh, if they're gone, this opens an opportunity for more smaller local base shops. That's true. Um, I The problem is with a lot of these mom and pop shops, Cedar Rapids is not big enough for a specialty store like that. Like it would probably go over a hell of a lot better in Cincinnati, but it's the specialty stuff. It's the really nice stuff that you have to play. Before you buy it, because, you know, every, you know, PV6505 is going to sound just a little bit different. Every PRS plays entirely different. Nice Gibsons, the, the American stock fenders, like you have to play those guitars in order to know that you want to spend $3,000 on it. Because, you know, you, you, you drop three grand on it, order it on the internet, and you get it, and you've got one fret that's just a little bit higher than the other ones, and you're going to hate that guitar forever. 
And it's I see what you're saying here, where it kind of then it, it plays against the mom and pop because they just won't have the means to keep that kind of in, inventory in. Well, and, and hoping to move it eventually, and especially in a market like this, that's the thing is the actually moving it, you know, because I mean, you might sell three PRSs over the course of a month. But, you know, that's only 10 grand to, to, to keep your storefront open, I mean, to keep your inventory people, people going. Even actually, do people even actually play instruments anymore? I thought that was all uh, computerized now. Well, and that's my fear is is with a, a company like Guitar Center, if that, that store does go out of business, you're going to end up with a lot more teenagers making a lot more shitty music on their shitty laptops and everything is going to sound like Billie Eilish which I actually enjoy Billie Eilish, but she's really good at what she does. There's a lot of other people that are not. It's evolution, man. It is evolution. So what about you, man? What'd you do this weekend? Any, any, anything important happened to you since the last time we spoke? Well, since, since the last time we spoke, you were one of the ones that I made the first phone call to. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I am proud to announce. Uh, I don't think we've really talked about it that much as we've kind of relaunched here is maybe, you know, maybe I've talked about it, uh, you know, my spots with the Monday locker room and all that. Uh, but this past summer, uh, I had the opportunity to begin working in an industry that, that I, in a million years, I never would imagine that I would have been a part of, uh, obviously, you know, it does pertain to, you know, what a lot, what we do here using the voice sports inside of itself, but inside the world of racing and more particularly, more specifically drag racing. Uh, I went as a complete novice. I was green. I uh, nervous as hell. Uh, still, at certain points, because you know, I'm around these people that they have emerged themselves their entire lives in this thing. And they know the ins and outs of it. It's a compl- it is a tremendous passion of theirs, and the energy, the fire that you see from these competitors, these fans, simply incredible. Uh, they have welcomed me in. I become the the public announcement dresser for a local park here, Edgewater Sports Park, who is a national affiliate of the NHRA, which is the biggest drag racing association in the world. Uh, so, yeah, I'm official announcer for them throughout the summer, and it looks here, I have a grand opportunity I'll be coming on, and it's going to be a long-term investment for them and myself, uh, and a tr- tremendous opportunity and an honor going forward with it. Good on you, Huckleberry. Very, very proud of you. Very proud of you. But, you know, it's, it, it all started, you know, it, it started with conversations between me and you, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, which, which obviously now involved in just the Hitting the Marks Podcast, uh, you know, networking, people like Ryan K. Bowman, to get in the call from, you know, Big Ray that wanted to set up a meeting with Ben Hameen, which launched us to all these different levels here and all the tremendous success that we've had with the Hameen Media Group. Uh, just simply incredible that where you can go and you, you never know what is going, it's, you, you know, it's going to be that that start for you still waiting on mine anybody wants to knock on my door you know i'm available give me a holler uh but you're getting all those nba players tweeting you wanting you to want you to join them in <laughs> wherever the hell it might be yeah in a digital world yeah we got we got an nba shake up coming too we'll talk about that a little bit uh when we get to sports uh but as far as the show goes today um I got three F's I want to talk about. I think there's three F's that define human existence. Huckleberry, have I ever told you my philosophy of the three F's? Uh, this is this could be a learning experience for, for me with the world. Fantastic. Well, F number one is fight. Human beings love to fight. We love to watch fights. 
And there is a hell of a fight going on in Washington, D.C. between Donald J. Trump and Joseph Biden for the presidency of the United States. Because, you know, we actually give you the news here as opposed to the mainstream media who just keeps regurgitating the same shit over and over and over. In fact, Rick, you know, going into this election, there were some people like myself that thought Trump was just going to blow Biden out when it comes to the Electoral College. Like Biden might actually win the popular vote, but I thought that Trump would whip his ass in the Electoral College. And they were just telling us, well, you just have to wait. Just wait for the results. Wait for the result. We got to wait for the results. We got to make sure that all the votes are counted. In fact, check this out. Here's a supercut. Um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted. Experts say it could take days, even weeks to determine the final results. The results could take days or even weeks. The final tallies in each state aren't certified for days, days or, or even weeks. weeks. If it's within a, a one or two tenths of a okay. point, it could take okay. two weeks to count all those votes. It's not official until states finish their canvas, which can take weeks and, and even a month. But the reality, though news organizations often project winners on election night. The impact of either candidate, they could say anything they want, but it's not official until, well, it's official. And neither of them can decide that. And it's more important that we get a count that is accurate than a count that is fast and might not be accurate. In fact, that might be important to make sure that this is a legitimate um, and fair election. We believe that the votes must be counted and let's run this election like it should be. And the winner will be the one who earns the most votes. Will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? The fact is, I will accept it. Yeah. That's like a whole minute of the media just regurgitating the same thing. Expect delays. There's going to be a delay. And now here we are in a delay. Rick, why are they in such a hurry to get this thing over with? Well, it, it, I love how you set it up there as well. I mean, why didn't we see this coming months and months ago? We did. Those of us I, I in know. the know that follow this stuff on like a regular basis, know, we but, did. But even those that are, are responsible for handling, you know, state to state, county to county, whatever the level it might be that are responsible for handling these election results, they seem overwhelmed. Because it, it's all a facade. Because, yes, it, there is something fishy at work here. Uh, they are lost. They have no idea what they're doing. And it's more of a result of a system that has just become so confused and so corrupt inside of itself, no matter where you, no matter where you take your stance on this, no matter where you're viewing it from, we've got major underlining issues here. And you're obviously right. I mean, this is going to continue on. They're going to fight, fight, fight. This could be one of those fight forever cases. Well, at least until December 14th, when the Electoral College actually casts their vote, and then we actually well, will have a president-elect. No, it, it actually, now that, that, that they're looking at here, where you've got to have your deadlines in, uh, I believe, December 8th for anything in most states. That's uh, when the when, states finalize everything. Yeah, uh, but those do not seem to be. They think they can get extensions here. Uh, the Trump camp believes across the board. I was just most recently reading up on the, the issue, the their dealings with the state of California, uh, they believe that they can press that out, that they can push this thing. And now that we've got now, you know, especially in Georgia, where we're seeing runoff elections. They think they could tie that in to hold off everything else as well. Uh, so this thing could go well into the new year. Did, did you see what the uh, uh, Raphael Warnock said down there in Georgia? He, he's one of the Democratic candidates. 
he like came out flat out in the media and said Chuck Schumer is not on the ballot. Trying to distance yourself from the uh, the the party leader there, yeah that that doesn't look like a good idea. Well, it, I know we we've got some Georgia stuff to talk about. A complete mess down there. I uh, just. Which, Moments ago here, I've got the news on in the background here, kind of flipping around, just kind of stay up to date to see if we get anything, you know, breaking at the moment. Uh, they're facing issues down in Georgia where people are trying to reloc- relocate there and get registered yeah. to sway that vote. Yeah. Uh, so they have already gone out and made, you know, strong, the strong stance that if you are found corrupting, continuing to corrupt their system here, uh, you're going to be spending a lot more time in Georgia than you had planned on. Well, the thing that I find ironic about this entire situation right now is there's no Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump has basically been off the grid for like the last two weeks. Like for Trump, he's off the grid. I was going to say for for Trump standards as well, because he's still out there. He's he's still working. Twitter thumbs is still heavily active on his social media, uh, just going directly at. Well, not I wouldn't say heavily active. I mean, not not by Trump standards. Well, I did notice they are flagging quite a bit of his items now as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's absolutely absurd, too. But the fact that Trump is not out in public, that he's not running his mouth about this. That's what makes me really wonder what in the hell is going on here, because contrary to popular belief, Donald Trump's attorneys don't have to present evidence to the media They have to present them to judges in court. So I keep hearing this. There's baseless claims of voter fraud. Now, I must spend a moment on something that will garner too much attention over the next few weeks. Baseless claims by the president and his supporters that there has been widespread voter fraud. Baseless claims of voter fraud. Baseless claims of voter fraud. Baseless claims of fraud. Baseless claims of fraud. Baseless claims of voter 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 fraud. Baseless claims about voter fraud. Baseless claims about voter fraud. Yeah, I like those supercuts where I get the media just repeating themselves over and over and over. It's like they've all got the same kind of playbook. But like it got so bad that they were going through Trump withdrawal so bad that the big Donald Trump story over the course of the weekend, does he have gray hair? That's what we're talking about? We're talking about his fucking hair? Doesn't that tell you something? Well, I mean, you're looking for anything here, you know, and they're trying to see, you know, they're obviously going to turn this against him to use the spin. Oh, he's beginning to crack here. I mean, you look at anybody that goes into office and you look at day one Obama than when he left. I know he had those two years run there, oh, but yeah. look how much the, the position had aged him. Absolutely. And, and really anybody, if you go back and you look at, you know, day one when they, when they you know, when they get sworn in there for office to when they leave, even if it's a one term, especially if it's a two term. It wears on you. It ages you un- unbelievably here. I guess my alarm is anybody who knows anything about the legal system, one of the first things that your attorneys tell you is to shut up. And that's pretty much what Donald Trump has done. Well, and, and here's the other part here with Trump. And, you know, that, that's, and that might come as a shock to a lot of people like, well, he, he's never done this before. Let's still remember how, why and how he's gotten himself here. He yeah. knows how to handle that business side. When Trump is out there in front of, you know, on that podium, in front of those crowds, he is a superstar. He is a character. 
but still at his very core, he is a very wise and intelligent man who knows how to handle his business. He's going to listen to those closest to him in that camp that are taking care of this for him. And you got to believe that just as you said, Jargo, that is that legal team that is saying, hey, we're not selling this to the media. We're not going to provide them any fire here. This is the real deal. We have to take this to the courts. Now, what is alarming so far is we said they are trying to get extensions here that they're, they're filing across multiple states. Uh, they, they've got a, a very daunting task ahead of them. What is kind of alarming to this point is that we're not seeing a lot of positive come from the Trump camp in means of, you know, potential outcomes or verdicts. There's a few national attorneys that I actually know who they are. Sidney Powell is representing Donald Trump inside of this case. And if you're familiar with the name Sidney Powell, she was General Flynn's attorney that basically got General Flynn off at the end of the damn thing. I don't know, man. I But at this point, I'm sincerely starting to wonder we saw celebrations in the streets. We saw thousands of people gather, you know, to have these parties in the streets when Biden won. If this thing gets overturned, the shit is going to hit the fan. Well, you're already seeing uh, the, the violence between the two when these two groups try to come together. I mean, look what we just saw this past weekend in, in D.C. Yeah, the MAGA march. Uh, I mean, it, you're you're all I mean, it, it's starting to turn physical, very physical, very real. And you got to believe the more intense that this situation gets between these two, uh, you're, you're going to see a lot more of this. Of course. And, and one of the things that, you know, you regularly hear, oh, you know, we could break into another civil war and all that. And that just kind of blows me away because this is something so unique. You know, it's like the war on terror. You, we don't have a defined enemy. Right. You know, when we did have the North and the South, we could tell, you know, who whose side were you lined on? You know, I mean, the just the geographics of it uh, allow you know let you know of what a situation was people's skin color was you know kind of where you stood on certain things here you, you don't have that now well and now we're even seeing it in the social media world where we're seeing a lot of censorship coming from facebook and twitter that just happens to be particularly against right-wing candidates so now the people on the right are moving over to Parler and they're moving over to Rumble and they're moving over to MeWe and they're doing their own thing. But the way I see it, the problem there is now we're creating two echo chambers. And if you don't interact with one another, you get this twisted delusion of what the freaking world looks like. And I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here in the libertarian party hanging out and I'm watching both of these sides. And it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Uh, and absolutely. And, and once you continue to just further that divide, you're not opening those lines of communication. And what you end up with is, is the reality was, you know, where people just believe uh, just, you know, it was just on social media over the weekend. That, you know, I had just made a comment, something so simple as if it's the very basics is wear your mask to keep businesses open, then wear your mask. Right. And immediately I had some of those that are, you know, are prominently left. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Are you joining? Are you joining the, you know, the, the, are you supporting the mask wearers? Blah, 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 blah. I can't believe you would do that because of how right you are. No, I, you know, we talked about it here just a few weeks ago on the show. 
when it comes down to it, you should be on issues. I'm more about financial responsibility. And then that means keeping our businesses open. Then so be it. You know, we can give that a little bit. Uh, but immediately, just in that simple post on it, it triggered this just outrage between individuals. I stepped aside. It was on my own thread. And it gets up. It was up there like 60 plus comments. Just because of the one little thing, and you you have these sides coming in, just assuming that because you do stand on one or the other, that you are an extremist in that situation. And believe me, I know on the left, when for the socialist movement with uh, AOC and her little crew and all that, that is a they're very vocal, and we hear them, but it's actually a minority inside of their party. Well, and now we're even seeing the Democratic Party is kind of having that issue as well, where we're seeing, you know, there's a a group of the Democratic Party that is like, we should not ever say defund the police. We should never say that we are socialist. This is costing us seats in the House. And then, of course, we're seeing people like Bernie Sanders came out yesterday and made the comment that, you know, I think most of America actually here, I'll get my Bernie Sanders. Bernie, Bernie, come here. I think most of America really, really supports far left-wing policy. He actually fucking said that yesterday. Absolutely. Just this morning, God, I was so furious. Uh, If I never had to hear the name Bernie Sanders again, believe me, it it would be too soon. But now he's up there. He's pushing Biden everyone when we're talking about college debt relief to go ahead and eat the entire thing. It was like... $50 $50 billion worth and they just, it just go away. No, that's not absolutely, it's not how this should work one bit. And I, you know, I've regularly, the things I, that I've wanted throughout this election cycle that I've wanted them to address and talk about is the education system. But I always let in, do not tell me that it should be free or forgiven. We need to blow it up from the bottom. We need to get back to basics and really teaching. And again, you fix it from its core where it's not about agendas or driving your cookie, your cookie cutter factory clones out into the real world here. It is about true education. And then that right there would begin to fix every other problem that we have here in this country. And immediately they're going into just this forgiveness. Wipe the whole thing clean. That is absolute BS, 100% garbage. On the flip side, you know, I saw somebody opposing, okay, what about those individuals that did do it right? That actually completed their program, who actually paid back that money? present you know and what really got people in this these problems here with this thing is they took out all these massive loans they never even graduated it's not that these individuals it's not the simple you know as simple as they can't go out and get good quality jobs that are starting off at 50 60 thousand dollars that's not the issue it's that these individuals went in and just piled up all of these loans without ever completing their degrees to give them an opportunity to try to get out there and earn and contribute back to society where they just want this free handout, which is absolute bullshit. Yep, completely agreed. The other thing that's absolute bullshit is the media being all over Trump's nutsack to concede this election. That's driving me absolutely insane. If the roles were flipped exactly... Do you think Biden would have conceded this election? Absolutely not. In fact, here's gangster ass Hillary Clinton telling Joe Biden, by no means should you concede this election. They have a couple of scenarios that they're looking uh, toward. One is messing up absentee balloting so that they then get 
maybe a narrow advantage in the Electoral College on Election Day. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. Rick, she said that weeks before the election. There was no way they were going to accept this election regardless of what happened, whether it was the left or the right. It's funny as we're sitting here, it just stopped on Fox News here in the background. And it, it is here again. It's, you know, it's the government versus social media. It's you got crews up here going after Twitter now. Uh, and, you know, and the, the irresponsibility as these social media heads say that, you know, that they're just trying to be just and, you know, and weed their way through these facts so they can get the the truth out here to to their audiences. Hey, we, we talked about the Trump News Network. You got to believe when he gets done with this thing, he's going he's going to have a hand in either elevating or reinventing, creating his own kind of social media platform. Yeah, there is uh, reports out there that Trump has his eyes on a digital media empire to take on Fox News because, of course, he's pissed off at Fox News for calling states like Arizona for Joe Biden significantly before he feels that they should have. And now we're seeing this kind of mass exodus from Fox News as their viewership is going to other places for better or for worse. But Hey, you know, you work in television. I mean, you you're there every day. You're you're at the core. You're ground zero there. But you know, just even you know, just our ties to professional wrestling, we regularly look at ratings and who has dominated the the, the course of Trump's run here. Who has benefited? You know, you look at media mongols that have benefited just so much during his time as president. You know, through his election process. Yeah, absolute domination from the Fox network. They've got to be reeling here at this point. Uh, they're trying to do everything they can do to, to hold on to their base. But, you know, this again, you know, we're spending so much time. We talk about Trump here. Uh, you know, there's bigger things on the line down there in Georgia right now. And it is about the being on, to hold on and secure what really has been a win for the Republicans across the board. And, and my biggest fear is in it with Trump dragging this out. It's opening up those other cases that could sway and turn those results. I, I talking about Georgia. You know, CNN is based in Atlanta. And there's a report out there that AT&T could be looking to sell CNN. If Trump's looking to buy a network, how much would you like to be a fly in the wall for that meeting? That'd be like Shane McMahon walking into freaking Nitro. That would be awesome. It'd be great. I would love to watch that. I would I, I make that a reality TV show. I want to see. I want. I want to see Don Lemon be fired. I want to see Chris Cuomo be fired. You're fired. (laughs) Fuck you. Oh, it'd be great. Not that Sinclair is any better. Here's here's a nice clip from uh, Sinclair. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 
This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Yeah, this whole thing, it's very dangerous to our democracy. All the news networks. Your, that's your local news, ladies and gentlemen. All just reciting the same script. Great shit. Absolutely ridiculous. Biden releases his economic plans on Monday. Haven't had a chance to look that over yet. Looking forward to that. But as you bring up Georgia and the Senate election down there, it's not just the Senate election down there. There's also a poll from inside of the Senate and the Biden administration, because there's people like Elizabeth Warren that they want to serve on the cabinet. But if you take Elizabeth Warren out of the Senate, then the Republican governor gets to name a new senator. So we could actually pick up seats that way, too. How about that shit? Everything is so twisted here. But you're absolutely right. We've got this runoff election here. That could absolutely sway everything, which would then, you know, if you end up with that split Senate there, then your tiebreaker across those boards is the v- is the vice president. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. The, the furthest left member of the Senate, the vice president, assuming that it is Kamala Harris. All right, Huckleberry, F2. We already have fight. F2 is feed. You know what that means. That means it's time for RBV Fitness. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Come on. Huckleberry, last week you told me that you were doing the Cincinnati pizza crawl. How is the pizza crawl working for you? Oh, absolutely incredible. I, it, and you were asking me, you know, what, does, what is Cincinnati pizza? Well, it embodies all the tremendous flavors from around the country. I mean, it's, it truly, you know, where the rivers came together, this at one point was such a hotbed to to move the country and move corporations and business west. And, and you had that hodgepodge. You had so many people kind of set up their roots here. Uh, so we kind of have all those wonderful flavors. It was a tremendous run. Now, I did have, I went to, it was a, it's called a late night slice. Uh, it's on the campus of Cincinnati. They had been, uh, they've been boasting that they had the world's hottest pizza. Brother, let me tell you, this thing was on fire. Uh, it had like seven different types of ghost pepper cheeses. Oh my God, why? Uh, it, it, it had tremendous flavor. It, it, it was so good, but it, it was one of those that, uh, it, yeah, you, you, you've got great pleasure while you're enjoying it, but then it would turn into tremendous pain later on. If, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, tear up your asshole on that kind of shit. So what all do you like on your pizza, Huckleberry? Uh, see me, uh, mo toppings, mo better. Uh, I know there's a great debate, especially, you know, you get up there, those uh, in New York, you know, they like their pies very simple. I think maybe they'll okay cheese and pepperoni with the sauce. That's about it. Man, I see. I love the the, the super supremes, baby. Uh, give me a run it through all the meats, run it through the garden. That's the way I like it. Extra cheese right on top of there. You know, truth be told, I just kind of I, I always irritate people when I do this. I'm one of those uh, the pizza pickers, where like I just don't pick up the whole slice. I'm just sitting there picking toppings off. Oh. Oh, that's almost like a that's like a, a, a you double dipped a chip kind of moment, isn't it? Well, I try to do it when they're not looking, so, you know, grabbing, you know, a couple of sausage pepperoni. But even when I take my slice, like I'll have crust and all that left over because I'm just eating the toppings. Hmm. Interesting. See, I, I am absolutely I like simple pizza. Like I, I love cheese pizza. The more cheese, the better. 
Like one of did we get bocce's when we were in Chicago? You went to Wendy's. No, I know, but every time I'm in Chicago, I typically order Bocce's Pizza because they've got like four locations. Three of them are in Chicago, and then there's one in Peoria for some unknown freaking reason. And when I was in Peoria, I'd always get Bocce's Pizza, right? So now whenever I go to Chicago, I order a Bocce's Pizza, but I can't remember if that was with you that I had the Bocce's Pizza or if it was with my buddy Luke when we went to TakeOver. Uh, wasn't with me because if we went, uh, Rivera treated us out. Uh, we went to one, was it like Geno's, the originals? Uh, so that's where we went. And that's when you bailed that day because you were sick of the, the, the local cuisine. It, you wanted something you were more familiar with, and you bailed on us, and you went to uh, Wendy's. Chicago, please, for the love of God, all right? If you want tourists to come to your city, all right, number one, you need to build a dome because nobody wants to come to Soldier Field in November and December unless you're from Chicago, okay? Number 2, quit drowning everything in marinara. Oh, no, you, you got I can you, only right? take so much marinara, man. Dude, I, I love it. You know, just the, the moment I got off the train there, Rivera's get he picks me up there at the terminal. In the first place we go, we go over and we get ourselves one of those classic, famous, you know, Chicago-style sausages loaded up with all the peppers and onions amazing street food and that's that was the way to start it right there incredible way to start it there then he's treating us either you know the day of all in you know we're, we're going to the original chicago style joints there and i'm not one of those that get kind of caught up in the you know the great pizza wars and all that i've never had a bad slice of pie i, I love all pizza all different styles but yeah that there that that moment there in chicago oh magnificent and then just all the other little different types of street food and stuff that we had throughout our run there incredible something's wrong with you jarko man there was also this place that we used to go to in peoria called hoops and i don't know if hoops is still there but man you could like hoops was open till like four o'clock in the morning and you could buy individual slices of pizza and it was like right on like the downtown strip where like all the music venues were. So like the concert to get over. That's that's the way it should be. That's the way you should be at a pizza place. You should have to commit to the entire pie. That's what I'm saying, right? You get way more foot traffic if you're selling by the slice. But man, hoops would be jumping at like three o'clock in the morning. Nothing better than a piece of greasy ass pepperoni hoops pizza at like three thirty in the morning when you've been drinking redheaded sluts all night. Let me tell you. And I will tell you another thing. When we went to Chicago there, I was introduced for the first time. This kind of blew me away. I, I was taken back. It was, I mean, it was talking a different language because not many people there spoke English. Uh, but Rivera took me down to, it was, you know, like you got like little Chinatowns or things like that. It was oh, like yeah. a traditional like Spanish section of the town there. And it was an authentic. I mean, this was real deal, legit. Mexican style. It, this isn't the American Tex-Mex. You know, so many individuals, oh, yeah, this is real Mexican. No, 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 no. A completely different world when you go in there. Uh, I absolutely loved it. it. It was it was incredible. The food was delicious, but I'd almost, at first, I started panicking. Uh, you know, me, how much I love food, but, you know, it was so different. The atmosphere, how you kind of handled yourself, you know, the way you ordered things. I kind of went to panic mode. Rivera was just like, I, I got you. So, yeah, he got me some delicious different types of tacos and things like that. But yeah, it, it, when you go there, I mean, it, it's the culture. You, you got to get out. You got to, you got to learn. You got to, you got to grow yourself into the world. Jargo. It's just not about junior bacon cheeseburgers. Yeah. But the world pisses me off, man. Like I, I, and I'm getting worse as I get older and it's like, people are becoming stupider. 
More oh, yeah. stupid, stupider. Jesus Christ. Can we take a break real quick? I gotta get to the bathroom. Yeah. Tommy Media Group continues to grow to new heights because of our loyal fan base and incredible sponsors. You followed us on our affiliate Hami Media Group channels for all of our awesome shows, including South Park Reviews, NFO Star Wars, and the Academy Star Trek Reviews, The Horror Junkyard, and all of our affiliate programming. We will continue to bring you the best in wrestling, conspiracy, and alternative media. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, subscriptions, sending bits, and promotion of the Hameen Media Group platform. Add both Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on your iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube feeds. Thank you to the following sponsors. Zordos Olive Oil. Zordos Olive Oil is the finest artisan Greek olive oil on the market today. It's also the perfect holiday gift. You can make your family's favorite holiday recipe and they'll say it's the best thing they've eaten all year. It's imported. It's ultra premium Greek olive oil and it's available now at ZordosOliveOil.com. Again, that's ZordosOliveOil.com. Zordos Olive Oil. Taste the difference for yourself. The Coffee Roasters at TheBroasters.com. A new five-pound bag of Vince Russo Bro Coffee is here. Stock up before the next lockdown, bro. TheBroasters.com is the only place to get the limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Get up and have a cup of bro, bro. Exclusively from TheBroasters.com and RussoBrand.com. Use the official promo code BRO5LB when you place your order. And you'll save some money, bro. At Hameen Media Group, we're all about self-improvement. Improve your mind and body with Stevie Richards Fitness. Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and take control of your fitness with Stevie's resistance band programs. These programs have been set up for every level of fitness. You can also try the brand new Stevie Richards Yoga Program to make sure your flexibility and balance improve so you can feel your best. Visit StevieRichardsFitness.com today and build a better you. ProWrestlingTees.com, the best way to support your favorite independent wrestlers, podcasts, and hosts from the Hami Media Group and Russo brand is to get their official merchandise exclusively at ProWrestlingTees.com. Support all of the great Hami Media Group talent by visiting their Pro Wrestling Tees stores, such as the Greek God Papadon, BWO Stevie Richards, Big Sal under SEG shirts, Chris Silvio, the superstar himself, and of course, Ben Hameen, Yala. Hey, Infidel. You want to become an official HMG operative? Well, now's your chance. Just follow us on Twitter at Hameen Media Group. Shoot us a request and we'll send you the invite link so you can join the brand new private Discord server under Hameen Media Group. You can also join us on Facebook in the Hameen Media Discussion Group and interact with the entire HMG army. Play along in the Pick'em Challenges. Hang out in the Watch Along threads and interact with the HMG hosts. You can also check out all of HMG's Conspiracy Horseman propaganda on our Instagram by following us at Hameen Media Group. Like, follow, and share or be destroyed. Once again, thank you to all of our sponsors, subscribers, followers, guests, producers, and hosts of Hameen Media Group. 2.2 million downloads for Hameen Media Group is all because of your efforts and support. Now, let's get to the main event. Thanks to MSG for that word from our friends over at Hameen Media for Rick's Potty Break. And thanks to MSG for the new open. 
like that. Did you write that for him, Huckleberry? Or did he come up with that all by himself? Uh, I, I gave him some direction on, hey, we're not WWE. You know, we, we give you a direction. We give you some talking points. What I actually said to him, I, I said, when I envisioned this thing, I said, I knew MSG had a perfect voice for it. I said, here's the direction. Get high as fuck. Have fun with it. <laughs> and it's legal because he lives in Colorado. So I don't even want to hear about it. All right, Huckleberry, you ready to talk about the third F? Hit me with it. Fuck. As in, as in we're fucked? Fight, feed, and fuck. Those are the three things that make human beings. We want to fight, we want to feed, and we as human beings have the primal urge to fuck. Or at least that's kind of what I thought. But now it is coming out that the fertility rate, the average number of children that a woman is giving birth to is falling. And if that number hits approximately 2.1 children per woman, then the size of the population is going to start to fall. We're at about 2.7 right now. In 1950, women were having an average of 4.7 children. So almost five kids. Huckleberry, what do you make about this? Because they're saying by 2100, the fertility rate could be all the way down to 1.7. I'm actually, uh, I'm a little bit happy for this. You know, as I look around and I look at these young families and how, you know, what they see is important in how they're going to raise their children is completely, uh, you know, against what I see in the direction of our com- as our country. So uh, I'm kind of happy that we're going to have less. Here, here's a couple of numbers. This is 2100. All right. Japan's population would be projected to fall from about 128 million people in 2017 to less than 53 million. Italy would see an equally dramatic population crash from 61 million to 28 million in that same time frame. There are roughly 23 countries, which include Spain, Portugal, Thailand, South Korea, all of them, more than half of their population gone. China, currently the most populous nation in the world, they're expected to peak at about 1.4 billion in about four years. And then that'll be cut to 732 million by 2100. And India will take its place as the most populated country in the world. Now, Rick, this is where I think things really, really start to get interesting. There's this guy, Ibrahim Akubar, University of College in London says if these predictions are even half accurate, migration will become a necessity for all nations and not an option. That's how big of a population decrease we're actually facing here because people ain't fucking enough. That's what's going on. And that's why people are so angry all the time. Y'all need to get laid. Well, well, no, does it go into the article here? And I, I, and when I seen this on the run, I looked through it and tried to find some other resources on it. Uh, a specific article that you're referencing here. Do they go to the reasons why? Why are we seeing this here? Is it more of the, the progressive that we're losing that traditional family unit across the board? I mean, that you're seeing this sweeping kind of global effect. Uh, I mean, Joe, just to, you know, you can re- you can obviously see it. You know, here in the states, Western society really as a whole, where you don't have that traditional model anymore. Uh, people are looking for different alternative families or, you know, even lifestyles, whatever that case might be. But the idea of, you know, the, that that dream day wedding, 
you know, three and a half, four, five kids, whatever that case might be. You don't see that being uh, not even maybe I don't want to say pushed on individuals, but it's it's not as important as it once was. This is why I think this is important, because Professor Ibrahim goes on to say to be successful, we need a fundamental rethink of global politics. The distribution of working age populations will be crucial to whether humanity prospers or starts to wither away. This is all NWO kind of shit. This is all to get in that globalist mentality. This is going to be your next climate change. We need people to start fucking. Otherwise, you know, the population's going to decrease. Well, it probably didn't help that we didn't have the Olympics this year. The other thing that doesn't help is COVID. There is a, a new Chinese study out that is showing a 75% reduction in sperm count in males due to COVID. Bionews.com on October 12th detected a 50% reduction in sperm volume. Rick, if this thing continues to spread, and they're saying like up to 61% of men are seeing an increase in their white blood cell counts, which means an indication that sperm function has been compromised. So if you get COVID, there's a chance that you can do all the fucking you want and you're just infertile. As this thing continues to spread, now we're not even talking about deaths. We're talking about just a decrease in the population due to infertility. And that's what I found so damn interesting about this entire study. Well, it's it's kind of amazing. I was actually having this conversation uh, just this past Sunday with an individual. Is We're talking about you know the response time, you know how we immediately shut things down. And, you know, if if those were the right procedures, what has it done to us financially? And our conversation really spun off into as we continue to study this thing. And and now we're getting that, you know, that there is potential for the vaccine to be put out there. Uh, how is that going to be regulated? How mandatory are they going to be, you know, and how they pursue pushing that? Well, you saw the Ticketmaster story, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it seems that in its side of itself, it, it seems very crazy. But, but the conversation where we spun off into is long term when we are studying this thing, maybe the intent, you know, if this was a, a chemical attack on the world, is it going to attack our reproductive systems? I mean, are we going to start producing like, you know, if hybrid inbred, whatever that sense might be or, or you know, mutated humans down the line here? We're also dealing with another pandemic that you may not have heard about. It's called measles. Huckleberry, measles cases reached a 23-year high in 2019, killing more than 200,000 people. 800 and some thousand cases, and it killed about a quarter of them. Measles making a comeback. And what's more concerning is now there are health professionals that are warning we need you to go to the doctor. We need you to still follow your regular medication regimens. You still need your regular vaccines for stuff like measles. Otherwise, we're going to see a huge boom in this, too. Where does it end? It, it, it's how they, you know, they are going to mutate themselves and how they're going to to further along. It's, it's, it's just a vicious cycle here. Uh, this Jack Dorsey, this Twitter CEO. Give me a break. Uh, this dude has a nose ring. Oh, my God. 
you know, and there's people that are fine with that. Like, I remember like going all the way back to like, you know, D Snyder when he was in twisted sister, when he testified before Congress. And this is like, you know, the whole beginning of Al Gore, Tipper Gore and the whole parental advisory thing. And dude shows up in like his blue jeans and a torn up t-shirt. And he's got his fucking hair all perm the fuck out and shit. And it was like, all those senators stopped listening right there. It didn't even matter that everything that he said was entirely relevant and very well thought out and very well spoken. They didn't hear a fucking word of it because they were too busy looking at what he was wearing. Presentation. Decorum. It's fucking Congress. Come on. Good God. But I did see that Oregon sex workers can now apply for coronavirus grants. That made me happy. Did you did you reach out to our boots on the ground reporter there in Cincinnati? Ah, I forgot. Damn. Want to know what the benefits are? So yeah, move to Oregon. You can do meth and you know be a hooker and get coronavirus grants. Fucking Oregon, man. What's going on out there? What's going on in Portland? Jesus Christ! What's wrong with you people? Could you imagine if the Blazers won a championship? Holy shit. Rip City, baby. Rip City. Seems like a good segue to HTM Sports with our friend Ryan K. Bowman from SportsSkedia.com. I'm Ryan Bowman from SportsKita.com here with this week's edition of the HTM Sports Two-Minute Drill. On first down, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not only an enigma, but the most intriguing story in the NFL this year. Just when I think I've got them figured out, they go out and have a game like they had this weekend against Carolina, and Tom Brady looks like the legend he's always been. Second down. The COVID crisis has affected one sports league more than any other, and that's the NHL. While other franchises can rely on big TV money, pro hockey teams need fans in the stands in order to thrive. Third down. I don't think Tony La Russa will be the White Sox manager when baseball resumes, whenever that is. And on fourth down. In my mind, the best book about the history of pro wrestling is Sex, Lies, and Headlocks. It came out several years ago and has had a few republishings since then. If you haven't read it, you should check it out. Before I go, I want to remind everyone you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K. Bowman and on Facebook at Ryan K. Bowman. And of course, you can follow my NFL and pro wrestling coverage every day at SportsKeeda.com. So Rick and Jargo, it comes down to the moment of truth. It's the question of the week. And this one might be a little controversial, but I think it needs to be discussed, so I'm just going to throw it out there. You guys, who had the greatest mustache in the history of pro sports? And as always, vaya con Dios, muchachos. All right, Huckleberry, who in professional sports history had the best mustache? You know, now I, I must confess, Ryan and I had this conversation yesterday. And my initial answer was Don Mattingly. 
he was rocking, you know, the, the Tom Selleck stash back in the 80s. And he's like, well, Raleigh Fingers might have something to say about that. And it's like, I don't know. I, 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 I have a hard time, like, going back to players I didn't see. So I'm going to change Ryan's question just a little bit. In our lifetime, who had the best mustache? Well, I, you know, those are great, great names, great stashes that you guys have thrown out there. Uh, but to me, you know, hey, bigger is better. And, you know, one of the biggest heads in in all of sports, one of the biggest mustaches in all of sports, uh, Mr. Redleg, the Cincinnati Reds mascot. There you go. Of course. Of course. Well played. Well played. Louis the Lumber King, Clinton Lumber Kings, he's got a pretty bitchin' mustache, too. I think, you know, when we think about the mustache, it, it is more of a, you know, you go towards baseball because of that classic look that went along, especially if you go back, obviously, you breaking your rule there but you go back into the history of baseball and the lore i mean you just well you know why the imagery of the stash you know why that happened right it was because of the yankees for years the yankees would not allow players to have facial hair with the exception of a mustache that was just one of steinbrenner's like things very interesting yeah and, uh, and, I, and I, you couldn't I, have I long the- hair either I, I knew the facial hair. I didn't know that it actually that they had had the mustache rule. Yeah, and and long hair too. Like when uh, Johnny Damon came over from uh, Boston, he had to cut his fucking hair. Like even like that recent. Yeah, because they just really got rid of that just a couple of years ago, right? Just yeah. after the old man kind of passed passed away. Yep. Yeah, Steinbrenner uh, did not like beards. All he would allow you to have was a mustache. I see. You know, we had the the facial hair, the long hair rules here in Cincinnati as well, uh, and, and it took some persuading. But uh, Mark Shot, when she still had the team there, she she came around on it. But you know, we, we relate that to baseball, and you know, mustaches have been going is are as old as baseball. You can go back to the golden eras of it, uh, and, and you see the entire the entire team with those you know the big curled up the the handlebar style mustaches. Now, what what about outside of professional baseball? In some other sports here, I'm trying to think of anybody maybe inside of basketball that was rocking one. Uh, maybe not magnificent, but he always had it kind of that dirty lip. Uh, Rick Schmitz. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my mind immediately went to Tyson. Tyson had like that itty bitty little mustache. Yeah, yeah. He kind of had that that pencil line. Yep. Sort of stash. The mustache in sports. Well, let's go from mustaches to beards, because I got to talk to you about this James Harden thing, man. What is going on with James Harden? Have you heard this story? I mean, there's, he's all over the news right now. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people courting after him. You know, what is what is his future? So he turned down a hundred and one million dollars to stay in Houston, and he wants to go to Brooklyn to to play with Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant, coached by Steve Nash, and their defensive coordinator, Mr. Pringles, another bitchin' mustache, Mike D'Antoni. He looks just like fucking Mr. Pringles. No defense going to be played in Brooklyn. What do you think of that super team? Harden, Irving, and Durant. Is there any way that works? I think it's one of those that are on paper. You kind of 
I don't know, even though on paper, if it's is that exciting. Is it exciting because of the potential if they could gel, or is it more exciting to watch this thing implode with these three different personalities? Well, because I mean, you've got James Harden as a head case, Kyrie Irving is a head case, and Kevin Durant is like the most passive guy ever. Like he just stand back and watch. Like I, I see no way this is gonna work. Kevin Durant's got to be kicking himself for leaving Golden State. Uh, you look at the situation there where you had those those different key players and you had all the different little pieces fit that puzzle perfectly. And you said, now, you know, what you're going to have there in Brooklyn is an absolute circus. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. We had a couple other big moves. Chris Paul going to Phoenix. What do you think of that move? I really like this move here. I thought, you know, of, of the moves that we've seen here happening throughout the NBA, I think this one is uh, it's going to be a nice fit. I think a good opportunity for Paul to maybe maybe reinvent himself. Do you Chris Paul's thirty five, dude? I, I, I get that, but this is a nice little spot. You're not; it's not too high profile. I don't think there's true, you know, the tremendous expectation there. I think you can find a nice groove here. See, I think expectation is going to be everything. You remember when Steve Nash went to the Lakers? It was supposed to be awesome because, like, Kobe was finally going to have Steve Nash, and Kobe could play off the ball. And then Steve Nash like barely played, like he couldn't get himself on the floor. He was just too old and too beat up. I'm afraid this is going to end like Steve Nash. I still, you know, the difference there is those NBAs were so different than I know it wasn't that long ago, but that style was so different. Dennis Schroeder to Los Angeles for Danny Green and our first round pick. I like this move, man, but Schroeder's only got one year left on his deal. Fifteen and a half million dollars. And as far as I know, he didn't agree to an extension. And we lose Danny Green in it? I don't know, man. I there's a lot of Lakers fans that are really, really happy about this, and I am just not feeling it. Especially because this means Quinn Cook is gonna be gone. This like guarantees to me that Kuzma is gonna be gone. I don't know. I, I don't like this one. I've seen it, you know, a split there, and I understand where you're coming with Jargo. Uh, to me, I think you know you're looking down the road here, just potential where they can free up a lot of, a lot of money. Well, I mean, LeBron's deal is going to be up next year, you know. So that's right. I don't know, Schroeder and AD. Does that get it done in the West? I don't believe so. I mean, but you got to start. You got to start coming up some funds to start renegotiating these things. Well, and. Anthony Davis opted out of his deal, so now they've got to re-sign him. That's going to be more money. Did you see that they're uh, they're what they're doing with the uh, salary cap this year? They like it, they dropped it a little bit, but not as dramatically as it should have been. And it's, they're just basically expected. saying, uh, uh, "That's on me," you know. Well, I think too. If you're LA, you got to feel pretty comfortable. I don't think LeBron's going to be moving anywhere. I think you know he he likes that La La Land, the connections out there. He's already he's you know even when he went there, he's heavily began investing for that next phase of his life, uh, you know, professionally and personally. So I think there's a lot invested there. I think that's the last uniform that we'll see him in. So I think they got to feel pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. He still just doesn't feel like a Laker to me. I know. He like went out and he won a championship and MVP and all that fucking shit. I don't care. It just it doesn't feel like the Lakers to me. 
just doesn't feel right. Maybe he'll go to Brooklyn. Oh, Jesus Christ. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Hit us with the five star. Really helps us out in the algos, as the cool kids say. Then visit the site that you may not be listening to yet, whether it be the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, or Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com, and hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. Be sure to be looking out for a very special next level this Thursday with myself and my friend from across the pond, Mr. Joe Atherton. Special thanks to Mr. Ryan K. Bowman over at sportskedia.com for the two-minute drill. Find us on social media at HTMPWPod. Find me at NotJargo. Find my other show, Destino, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, whenever I get around to recording that damn review. And now Best of Super Juniors is ongoing. He has his World Tag League, and they're doing 10 match cards again, so the shows are like three and a half hours all of a sudden. Man, it is just brutal, this schedule that they got us going on. We'll try to have a new episode out later on this week. Huckleberry, what do you got going on? How do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, look at you. You are the you are the busy bee, the man making the the rounds around the town. Uh, you know, for me, not a whole lot going on this week. Gonna kick back, relax a little bit, just soak in the good life. You can keep up with me across all social media, and of course, those delicious of the days at the real RBV. If you have questions or topics for the show, send them over to hittingthemarks at gmail.com. We'll talk to you back here next Taco Tuesday. Oh, next week we're talking deep frying turkeys. As we look forward to uh, Thanksgiving around the corner here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Social distance Thanksgiving. I can't wait. We're off like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Enable me. Don't give up. You bad guy.
merchandise. She was at home with me last night.